0: Hi everyone, I'm Marie Biancuso. I'm your host for Born to Be Breastfed, where every week we bust the myths and clarify the facts about breastfeeding and beyond. Well, today we're sticking pretty much to breastfeeding, but more along the lines of breastfeeding education. And I have with me my guest, Natisha Sims. Natisha, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Marie. So very nice to meet you. Thank you. Well, let me tell you a little bit about Natisha. She is an international board-certified lactation consultant and IBCLC. After graduating from the University of Maryland, Baltimore County, with a Bachelor of Science degree in psychology, Natisha Sims enjoyed a successful career in human services and later information technology. Upon becoming a mother, however, her heart shifted and she decided to become a stay-at-home mother. Now, as the Sims family continued to grow, they chose to educate their children at home. Today, Natisha is homeschooling her children, all four of them, ranging in ages from 10 to 15 years old. Although her youngest were a set of boy and girl twins, she successfully breastfed all four of her children. Her experience breastfeeding her own children inspired her to become formally trained in supporting and coaching breastfeeding in her community. So in May 2020, Natisha successfully completed the Johnson C. Smith University Lactation Training Program, and she is now an IBCLC at a local hospital in Charlotte, North Carolina. She also serves as an advisory committee member and as an alumna of the J.C.S.U. program. So I asked Natisha if she would come on the show today because, well, for a lot of reasons, actually, but primarily because we want to hear a little bit about your journey. Clearly you started out uh, not in a healthcare field. You made a switcheroo, (laughs) no less with four children in tow. And so, um, I want to talk to you a little bit about that journey. You earned your certification as an IBCLC, uh, but tell us what—I ex- mean, I—I I read your credentials there and your education. But what exactly did you do? Can you come <laughs> here?
1: Sure, sure. Well, first, I want to thank you for having me on your show. Um, sure. Like you said initially. Um, I didn't start out in this career field. Um, initially, my career started off over 20 years ago in human services, though. Mm-hmm. I worked at um, the Center for Addiction and Pregnancy at the Johns Hopkins Bayview Medical Center. I'm not sure oh, if yeah. you've heard of that. Oh, yes, yes. But it's a, okay, good. So CAP is a community-based um, inpatient treatment center. So that's where I started right after college. And that is where my heartstrings begin to tug early on for a passion in the field of helping moms and helping those who were pregnant as they started out on their journey of motherhood, even before I even had children. So like you said, I am becoming a mother myself. um, My heart shifted. So once I, well, let me go back. So I started at CAP and then I also had a successful career um, in addition at several human services firm, it, firms in the Washington, D.C. area. Um, but it began to overwhelm me um, because I'm the person that kind of takes everyone's issues and I really want to see it to the end. Well, in human services, you don't always get to see the end. Oh, true. So I decided, wow, this is really hard and it's taking an emotional toll on me. And it was right at the the beginning of the dot-com bomb, I actually landed a entry-level information technology position as a person that worked in the help desk for a management consulting firm in the DC area. And then I grew in my career um, and ended it um, in enterprise architecture. So I like to say that I was on a journey to find the path where I felt I could make an impact because even in IT, I was helping um, as a government contractor, helping the organizations to determine the business side of the the enterprise and what you do versus what the systems do and kind of helping them to to plan out um, for their architecture. So like you said, on becoming a mother, my heart shifted. And I made the decision to become a stay-at-home mom and wife. And um, that's what I've been doing for the last, the past 13 years.
0: There's one thing that I've picked up on when I teach live courses. And that is that it feels to me, nobody has ever used these words, but it feels to me, people that want to become lactation consultants it feels like breastfeeding was a life-changing event for them. Would you say that that describes you?
1: Definitely. It was a life-changing event. I personally, in my family, I was breastfed by my mom early on, but the first person that I saw breastfeed was my mom, and she breastfed my baby brother Uh at the time. Um, But that also saw other family members who who weren't breastfeeding, um, and formula. And so those were my, that was my introduction to breastfeeding. I will have to say from my own mom, she was very, she was an advocate. and she still is today of breastfeeding. And so she was the first person to give me kind of a bird's eye view of, of this is normal.
0: This is yes. what you do. Yes, this is the norm. A- absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So you certainly have been an advocate, uh, For yourself, for your children, but somehow or another, you ended up saying, Okay, I am going to do this. I am going to get my my education. I'm going to get my IBCLC. And I just want to let you know that many, many of the people who come to my course, or sometimes they're not even at my course, they're on the phone to my office. And they have no healthcare background, and they're very uneasy about pursuing a career as an IBCLC. Now, obviously, that did not stop you, Natisha, but (laughs) having no healthcare background, what was it like to get into this field? Did you feel lost, or did you feel overwhelmed, or did you feel like, hey, I'm a totally smart woman, I got this, or how, how can you describe what those feelings were like? Um, I think I was motivated, Marie, uh, because I
1: had always found myself helping new moms as they uh, journey through nursing and motherhood um, or encouraging moms that were in my community. Even if it was dispelling myths that I heard, like I won't make yeah. enough milk, you know, oh, quick yeah. to jump into those conversations uh, yeah. that, that you know, trying to persuade them to choose the path of breastfeeding. So I would probably say it started there. And that I've always wanted to become, because of my sphere of influence and encouragement of moms in my community, I've always wanted to become formally trained in supporting and coaching breastfeeding. Um, and And I think that stems back to my own experience of nursing my own children and even initially in the hospital, not seeing anyone that looked like me that was helping uh, me. Sure. And so sure. even though I had wonderful lactation consultants, there was like, wow, there, there's, no, there's no one here that is a representative from my race that is actually here helping people. So that that's kind of where it started to churn for me in my mind. Um, and I think honestly, that's what motivated me. My experience of desiring to help others who look like me Mm -hmm. But who may not have access to the support or who aren't supported in their decision to breastfeed. So I felt like that pursuing pursuing the education and technical expertise, of course, behind that was what's behind um, me actually being motivated to jump into this field.
0: Yeah, I guess I'm kind of listening to you and I'm thinking you are essentially telling the wannabes out there that if they have enough motivation, they will be able to do it.
1: Yeah, I I think that's the key. If if you have a passion for something, Yes,
0: yes, I agree,
1: and you're already doing it, then you really should take it a step further in educating yourself to make sure that you're sharing information. That is going to be helpful, and that's true.
0: <laughs> well, you know, I'm at the age where I've got a lot of friends who have retired, mm-hmm. and they're like, Marie, are you going to retire? I say, are you kidding me? I can't shut up. <laughs> <know>? <laughs> I still have a big message, and now I've got a big platform. I'm not going to shut up, you know? Yeah. So, so let's go back to what happened. You, you realized that you wanted to do it. You knew you were motivated. But how did you end up at Johnson C. Smith University as opposed to somewhere else?
1: Okay, so one day is just as simple as this. I was riding in the car with my kids and taking them to their extracurricular activities. And while riding, I heard um, on the radio, I heard about the Johnson C. Smith program. Uh Who advertised me on NPR. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, So I immediately took a mental note of that, and then when I got home, I did some research and I contacted the Dean of Students. This was back in 2018, Um, and I was told then, I sent her an email and I was told that the program was in the development phase, that she really didn't have any information to share with me at this time, but that (laughs) she would get back in touch with me once the program was ready to accept applications. So that was 2018. You, you, May. you
0: raised a trail there, girl. Is that what you're saying?
1: <laughs> well, I didn't know that I was, well, the program was all, they were working on the program. It was in the development phase. Oh. But I basically contacted them to find out more information because it was advertised like it was already in existing. I I think you
0: still blazed a trail, but anyway.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'll accept it. So after I contacted the Dean and I was kind of disappointed, like, wow, this doesn't exist yet. So I didn't let that stop me. I continued to pursue ways that I could be active in my community Um, and finding out about, the IBCLC career path. So that was the first step. I was like, I- IBCLC, what is that? What do they do? I didn't even I mean I knew about lactation consultants, but I didn't know that there was this designation. Sure. And so along with my motivation to help others, I said, well this will only benefit will not only benefit me, but it will benefit those that I find myself encouraging. So let me let me see if this is possible. So I looked into information. I found, you know, that there were different programs out there. And I'm like, mm, that's probably not going to work for me because they weren't any any other programs local. Oh. But I said, well, Johnson C. Smith is coming. So let me just wait on that. But I also, in the meantime, contacted my local WIC office. I said, wow, I remember hearing something about WIC. Let me contact the WIC office to see if there are any opportunities to volunteer. Um, and that's I found out about B someone becoming a peer counselor um, within WIC. Um, But that wasn't really an option for me. Um, It didn't seem, it seemed like that door wasn't opening. I could, I, I would get in touch with someone and then I wouldn't get a call back or it was like I was lost. So a friend of mine that knew that I was always passionate about this sent me some information in 2019, the top of 2019 on how to apply to the JCSU program. So this was like a year later, Marie. I had put that program in the recesses of my mind and really hadn't thought anything else of it because I was waiting on the Dean of Students to send me an email. As life would go on, I just kept doing what I was doing, teaching my kids, encouraging others in my my circle, and looking at IBCLC as maybe a a possible thing for me to do once my kids have all
0: graduated, right? Our, oh, our, from under me. <laughs> I've heard this story before. Yeah, yeah you know, Seriously, I remember one time teaching in Atlanta and this woman said she'd been a La Leche League leader for 17 years. Wow. And I said, uh, okay, well, what took you so long to do the IBCLC thing? She said, Marie, I had little kids. And right. <laughs> she did. She waited, but it sounds like you didn't wait. You Kind of bailed in. I did because I felt like, well, I had forgotten
1: about the program. So when my friend sent me this information, she said, get in touch with this person. And that person sent me the link to apply for the program. I had never told anyone that I had sent this direct, the uh, Dean of Students, an email. So I kind of was like, this is really interesting. Let me, this is the same program that I inquired about a year before. Do 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 do. Right. I was like, <laughs> let me go ahead and pursue this path. Yeah. Yeah. So I applied for the program. And yeah. I, you know, submitted my application. And I just I didn't know, but I was I was one of the four selected out of over 60 applicants that applied oh, for the that's- initial cohort of the program. So that's kind of uh, how I landed at Johnson C. Smith University. Yeah,
0: but you know, isn't it really great when you sort of put something on the back burner of your Head and then you hear about it later, and you know you still just get that little feeling like ooh doo do doo do, this must be the program I'm supposed to do, you know exactly, and, and actually
1: i did I didn't first think that because I thought, hmm, is it possible maybe later. for me to do all that I'm already yeah, sure. but ooh, my later. husband Marie, my husband was really he was adamant he's like, no you're gonna apply for this program, this is definitely
0: what's oh, his your calling.
1: Yeah, you've gotta do this. Like you've gotta see this through. You're so good at helping others in this area. And you can't ignore this. Like this is kind of falling into your lap. You pursued it, got it kind of was on pause. Now's the time. And I, I was worried because I was thinking, Well, my kids, I'm homeschooling them, how will I ever fit it in? So um yeah, no. he was he was really We know that
0: some people really don't have the opportunity, inclination, or money to go to a university. I mean, there's just all sorts of reasons why people, uh, I I would say some of them have already been to a university, as you had already been. Some of them are like, no, I'm not going back to college. Been there, done (laughs) that, you know. Uh, So did it ever occur to you, because what you did, for those of you who are listening, Natisha did what's called Pathway 2. That is, she went to a college, a university, she got a degree in lactation. Now, that's different than just going and getting some of your healthcare sciences. She really did the whole shebang from top to bottom. So, did it ever occur to you to go, for instance, pathway three? Well, oh, just, I'll just tell you this that actually, the
1: program is not a degree program. It's not, so, Johnson City is not a degree program, oh, it is God. actually oh, yeah. a certificate program. It is a certificate program that's a 10 month program and it's actually housed under Johnson C. Smith's um, Metropolitan College of Professional Studies, Department of Health and Human Performance. So it's apart from the four year degree program, it's housed under their uh, Metropolitan College of Professional Studies. This is a certificate. It's a 10 month program. Right, Um, right. And it, it it,
0: it met one night a week. But you did not get a bachelor's degree in lactation. I did not. I do okay, not have a bachelor's thanks for, degree in lactation. For clarifying that I didn't I I guess I've known people who have done the degree route and that is of course housed in a college or a university and you're saying yes you were housed in a uh university but that was not the intention was to have a four-year degree. Okay, well I learned something today. Holy wow. Toledo. Okay. So No, I am aware that uh, Johnson C. Smith has been a historically black college and university. Did that play into your choice or was it more along the lines of, okay, well, that's fine, but it's local. It's a good program. You know how what really played into your mind as you were thinking about where to get this uh, program?
1: Um, it definitely played in my mind yeah. because yeah. of where the where the program is, you know, was started at. And it's the first historically black college or university to even house a program like this, a pathway two program. Uh-huh. Um, and I was thinking from what I had shared just earlier, the fact that there are not a lot of black lactation or people oh, of color that are lactation consultants. Right. I was. I was thinking this is wonderful because they're definitely going, they're, they're motivated to actually add more women of color or people of color to the field so that others who look like them can receive services from them. So th- it was definitely one of the top reasons why I decided to attend sure. and apply for Jonathan C. Smith.
0: Mm-hmm. But also hopefully you were looking at the quality of the program as well.
1: Um, I mean, yeah, of course. Sure, I was looking sure. at the quality. And although it's not a degree program, it is it's not a four year degree pro- program. It is still a pathway, IBC, IBLCE pathway to lactation consultant training program, which means that it's accredited. It's, a, you know, it has its accreditation under the, uh, commission on accreditation of allied health education. Right, so right, all those right. things um, came, you know, were like, I want to be at a good program. And it just seemed like it was a perfect fit, fit. for yes. me, it was local my family, too, really. for my situation. And it was local. Right. Yes. It was right yeah. here, right yeah. here in my backyard. Yeah.
0: Fantastic. Uh, so what would you, I, I want to hear about the mentorship thing. Because I have heard stories, and I good and bad, and I kind of don't know what to believe, honestly. When you were enrolled in the program, here's the big question that I get. If you go to a Pathway 3 program, excuse me, Pathway 2 program, do you have to find your own mentor? Or did the university find your mentor for you?
1: Well, I I first want to say that this program is a unique program that it was modeled after the first accredited Pathway two program at the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill,
0: uh-huh. the Mary
1: Rose Tully training Rose program. Talley. Yeah, the institute there. So um, they actually took a lot of what they had already had in place and just implemented it at Johnson C. Smith. I don't know a lot about other Pathway two programs, but I can speak for our program in that finding mentors was is built into the program because they partner with various hospitals, um, even WIC offices here in the greater Charlotte area to provide those clinical hours. So the clinical sites here provide the clinical preceptors at each site that mentor and coach and educate each trainee. So you don't have to go searching for, we didn't have to go searching for our mentors. They were right there as these are organizations and uh, health care providers that had agreed from the inception of the program to partner with the program because they want to see more of us in the program and more of us become lactation consultants as well. And I think it was basically based on an initiative. Um, just speaking from uh, North Carolina in general, there are not a lot of lactation consultants in North Carolina that are people of color. I think I was reading something where it was saying that as of 2020, there were 724 IBCLCs in North Carolina, and I think less than 2% of those are people of color. I don't
0: think that's specific to North Carolina. Right,
1: Um, it's not. uh,
0: Yeah, I was just going to say, I have taught in, I, I don't know how many states, I have taught from one end of the country to the other, from Virginia to California, from Florida to Alaska. And mm-hmm. I will tell you, absolutely, it. Uh, if I have a room of 30 or 40 people sitting in my lactation uh, prep program, there's one or two who are women of color. And maybe mm. not that. Maybe not that. Now, every now and again, you get four or five people that come from, I, I th- think, for instance, uh there was a group that came from Vanderbilt and another group that came from i mean, somewhere in Philadelphia. I can't remember now. Mm-hmm. So then you might get three or four in that room, but I think that your percentage is spot on. And I think that that is probably true all across America. And yeah. occasionally I've had somebody come up to me and say, I feel a little strange being the, the only black woman here. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you know, I'm not really sure what I should say, but I kind of say I'm glad you're here, and you should and be I'm glad. Glad, you're here, that you know. <laughs> and yeah, we all have something to learn from one another. We're all in this together, and you know, good for you that you were just able to step forth and pursue your dream. That's what what is our, what, what we're all doing here. Uh, yeah. And and by the way, for those of you who are listening, uh, you can go pathway one or pathway two, or pathway three. So I would say that when people come to my 90-hour lactation course, which also qualifies people for the IBCLC exam, I would have to look it up, but I would say probably 80% of those are going pathway one, and probably only 20% or so are going pathway three. And of course, I don't do pathway two at all. So the the person can qualify through either pathway one or pathway two or pathway three. But I think that the really important thing is that you get in a spot that fits your needs, your educational needs, your needs with your location, your kids, your life, your budget, your whatever. And uh, it's uh, I do want to tell you, it's not always easy. So you've got to have that motivation that Natisha was talking about, not only in the beginning, but um, through the the hairier parts, too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, Natisha, if you had it all to do all over again, is there anything that you would have done differently? Maybe not with respect to the particular program, but maybe uh, would you have prepared differently? Would you have... Um, waited sooner or later, or anything you would have done differently,
1: um, Marie. Really, I don't. I don't see that I would do anything differently than what well, I've already great. done. I think that I mean I take the good with the bad, and yeah. I yeah. think that that is what helps you build character. And even the way that it turned out for me. I feel like that path was kind of finding me. So I I wouldn't change anything. Um, I wouldn't have done this, made this decision any sooner. Um, I I wouldn't have waited. Um, I'm just glad that I was able to take advantage of an opportunity that presented itself and that's been able to equip me to be uh, able to start this career. Be in this field, to, where I feel like I'm are, yes. <laughs> I would say though, our program—I I feel like the Pathway Two program that I'm a part of—is—is—is is, is unique. Um, I don't know a lot about other programs, but I think, in particular, because all of the partners that are coming together that see that there is a need, that there is a need to see more people of color in this field, that there. You know, we hear a lot about black maternal health and we know that black mothers in the U.S. are likely, you know, more likely than any other racial group to not to initiate breastfeeding um, exclusively, especially up to the age of six months. So our duration rates are are really a lot lower. Um, We have the higher formula supplementation rates um, Mm -hmm. beginning sometimes at day two of life. So they, I think this is just where we are in society. You know, there's been a lot of focus this past year on health disparities and inequities um, in the climate that we live in today. And I think it has created a public health crisis that hasn't even been acknowledged. And so I think that's why this program is unique because they're choosing to do something about that. That sure. um, They are, are trying to say, they're acknowledging This does exist. This is a problem and we want to do something about it. So I feel like that that's important for all of us to take up uh, that no matter whether you're a person of color or not, you have to know that it feels good for someone to come in the room and you, you may not even know what it feels like to be served by someone that doesn't look like you. Some of us don't even have to ask that question because we're the majority, right? We always see someone that looks like us. And 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 one of my professors, she, she always says that people want to get help from people who look like them. Oh, well, I think it's they, true. yes. They they really do. So we need to do something about that. And and another way, Marie, I'll tell you that I feel like our program is unique is because we weren't only trained by IBCLCs. Um we were trained by other healthcare professionals, the providers in this field. So, there are IBCLCs that are pharmacists, that are pediatricians, that are OBGYNs, who took time to come to the university on a Tuesday night and lecture in their particular uh, disciplines about breastfeeding. And they're already serving in the Charlotte community, so to me that's that's something that's unique and needs to be um, modeled to move sure, forward sure. if we want make a, if we want to make this want to make changes.
0: I just want the audience to be aware that those health disparities that you talked about, and the low rates of breastfeeding initiation uh, and the low continuation of, of breastfeeding of course the low continuation is. That, that, that's a That's another whole topic. but anyway, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. those disparities that Natisha is talking about, I want listeners to be aware that this is not something new. These mm-hmm. disparities have gone on for years, for years and years, for probably before Natisha was even born, okay? Mm-hmm. So we've got a lot of work to do here. And the fact of the matter is, people do want to be cared for by people who look like them. It's just how people are. And I guess we all have a responsibility to help make that happen. And, wow, just good for Natisha that she is out there. She is walking the walk and talking the talk. And Mm -hmm. uh, my guess would be, Natisha, you really have no idea how many families you have helped who then will help their own families. And it's like it's just such a huge snowball effect. I, I doubt that you have any idea the impact that you have made just in the few years that you've been in an IBCLC and the years that even you weren't in IBCLC, but you were helping other families. So, wow, you know, good for you. And there are more natishas out there, people who have skill, people who have passion, people who have motivation. So if you're one of those people, <laughs> you need to find how you can, in fact, uh, travel that path, which uh, she has not only traveled, but I, I'm telling you, Tisha, I do really, <laughs> I think you were the trailblazer through that first program <laughs> there, you know, certainly. So anyway, wow, it has been so fun to talk with you today. And uh, I would just say, uh, do, do, well, first, before we go out, any final thoughts that you, you'd like to make for people before we leave today?
1: I would just say, I know a lot of people may not be They may feel like, well, I really want to get into the career like you mentioned before, but they don't want to go to a a certificate program or they're just trying to figure out how they can jumpstart their career. And they're passionate about breastfeeding. I I want to speak to those those women. And I want to say that, um, you know, do your research, look at what's already happening around you or close by find ways that you can get involved and partner mm. as a volunteer.
0: Yes, absolutely. Um, absolutely.
1: An idea would be, you know, check out to see if there are any local milk banks available in your right. area. Think right. outside right. the box. It doesn't have to look like what it looks like for me. It can look like, it's going to look like what it needs to look like for you for and for you. your life. Absolutely. And then I just want to encourage all all of your listeners to to really to understand the importance of of partnering in this journey of making sure that we do provide lactation consultants and services to all people, you know, and people who may not have resources, go out, you know, go a step above and connect them with someone in the community that can help them. Because a lot of times, you know, we, we don't really get to help people who don't who aren't coming to the hospital for like, say a clinic or who aren't coming, you don't, those people get kind of lost. And I think whatever, whatever influence you have to reach to moms, to encourage them to continue on their breastfeeding journey, I think, you know, try to do what you can. So like you said, Marie, that we can try to change the culture that we can change and change these health disparities and inequities and make, Everyone on equal ground. Only way that's going to happen is if we all are doing the same thing for each other, no matter what we look like, no matter what our education is, no matter what our social economic status is. That's very important because it's about lives. It's about babies and it's about moms.
0: Oh, well said. Well said. And the only thing I would add there is we can all do something no matter how small Every little bit really counts. Well, thank you so much, Natisha Sims, for being with me today. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And thank you you to all of my listeners. We will be back next week with another episode. But in the meanwhile, remember, your baby was born to be breastfed. Have a great week.